Hi, everybody. It is February 16, two days after Valentine's Day 2022, and we're in the Fred Bertelson Old Time Radio Room. It's time to talk about and then listen to Old Radio. Bob Braxna is the uh, presenter tonight, and we have um, stuff to talk about. We'll get to some of it here in just a little bit. We'll talk about Same Time, Same Station first. Uh, because this week, John and I, although John hasn't been on the show much because the only time we can get to actually do it, he's getting ready to go to work. So our schedules have not jived now for about a month. But we're working on it. Next week when we do the show, he will be home because he has a doctor's appointment. So um, I'm warning you in advance. You may hear him at that point. So you have fair warning. So you can decide whether you want to or not. Um <laughs> <laughs> same time, same station. This week is um, the Andrew Sisters. I'm trying to think of what part it is. I think it's part six. And we're going to hear an Eddie Cantor show with the Andrew Sisters from 1945, also Abbott and Costello. And then part six with Perry Huntoon and John and myself and Walden back in 2021, near the end of the year as we saluted... The Andrew Sisters, there'll be one more part after this one, but this was part six. That was a fun show. Enjoyed it thoroughly. And uh, so that's what you'll hear on Same Time, Same Station. Yesterday, USA, we're back up and running. Um, and that's cool. Uh, tonight, it's it's um, Walden and Patricia. Tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday, it's the third annual, the third virtual Jack Benny convention. All of that, including the schedule, was put on uh, the OTR discussion list uh, yesterday. So if you didn't see it, it is there. And it lists all of the things, most of which you will hear. Um, I believe it's just two things. The movie on Saturday night you will not hear because it's a movie brought to you through Sony and they would not allow us to not allow us, uh, not us, but um, Laura Leftwitz uh, to actually broadcast the movie. So we can't stream it. And the other was uh, uh, interviews on the John, on the John Provost interview that is Sunday. Uh, the company there also did not want the interviews heard. In it's probably not the interviews, the clips, the audio clips, video clips. So we're not going to stream it, but we do have the interview because Walden did it. So we will have to cut the clips out. We can't play them, but we can play the interview on a subsequent broadcast. Other than that, it's pretty much is all there. And it starts at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Saturday and Sunday. And it starts at 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 Eastern, tomorrow night. And the first thing out of the box will be a, a look at Jack Benny and his grandchildren. All of, Most of the grandchildren, if not all of them, will be there. So that should be fun. Should be a lot of fun. We'll be streaming it on Yesterday USA Blue. And all of that, as I said, is in the schedule. So, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything I've left out. Am I, are you here, Walden? I don't think you are. No. Walden's computer is back up and running, and the modem is a new one, and he's sounded fine now. So uh, that's good to know. We're pretty much back up 
or almost to where we were, except the schedules aren't formed yet, but they will be soon. But we're on uh, Yesterday USA on all the basic vehicles that we were on before. I think including the Victor Reader stream. Uh, the marathon coming up on April 15th, I think it is. Yeah. And we're working on that. That should be fun. So more about that soon. Uh, hosts are getting their shows in. and So we're getting there. We still got some time, which is a good thing. So that's all I have with regard to Yesterday USA and Same Time, Same Station and the Jack Benny Convention. A lot of good things happening. And I do have a question because I don't think he's here. Um, nope. So, yes, uh, today I got an email from somebody whom I don't know. His name is Philip Rich. And he uh, is an ACB member. And he was trying to actually get access to a website and having lots of trouble downloading shows. And I went to look at that website and I had the same issue and it's just poorly laid out. Um, he was getting all kinds of errors, etc. So who knows how reputable it was. I don't know. But I thought it might be kind of fun to, to talk for a while about some of the websites that you go to to download radio shows uh, you could listen you could listen to but he's I think more interested in trying to download stuff and I don't do too much of that uh, so maybe those of you who do could give us an idea as to the programs that the sites you go to to download Jim was really good at this Jim went to a lot of them I know Joni does too and others do too where you can actually download shows and then I can pass along those results to him because it doesn't look like he's here. Although I gave him the information, so maybe he will tune in at some point and join us. So, anybody got some ideas about the, where do you go to download radio shows and what sites are they? Um, it's Max here. Uh, I go to um, I go to archive.org and download shows off that site, but it can be a bit you know, uh, daunting until you get used to it. Yes. Um, or I go, I select the old time radio researchers group and I, I type in Google old time radio researchers group, archive.org and the episodes or show I'm looking for. And sometimes I can find it, but that's one way to do it. I do the internet archive. Oh, is I, that might be the same thing. I don't know. Yes, it is. Uh, yes. But, yep. Mm -hmm. uh, it is. Yeah. Because I type in Internet Archive you know, to get it. And uh, it, it, it is, it, it, but, but it's a lot of fun. There's, they have an awful lot of material there. Yeah, the they quality do. is not always uh, the greatest, but, uh, but it's there. I don't what? download a lot of stuff, but uh, there, there was an email. And I download a, few a lot email, of stuff. A few emails going around last this past week about... Uh, archive.org and some people mm -hmm. were saying it was easy other people saying, some it, were saying it was difficult yeah, this right was... and i haven't i haven't checked mm -hmm. them out yet but uh i was going to ask somebody about that what what sort of uh luck they'd had using that website so i might just go up there and play around and yeah yeah see what happens what's the name of the site jim used to talk about 
something about echoes, radio echoes. Is that correct? Radio echoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Tom? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff up there, and there's some stuff that's generally not out much in circulation. So I might pa- I might look at that one. Um, we there's get a lot also, of stuff. But. There's <clears throat> also the uh, uh, radio uh, OTR cat cat OTR mm-hmm. cat, and uh, you can uh, they, they sell uh, stuff. But right. the thing that's really hip about them is. Well, they have it available on CD, but that's ridiculous. Uh, but they have also uh, MP3, and they also have um, uh, 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 MP3 discs. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's really cool is if you buy MP3 discs, they also put you on their Radio Cat archive area so that anything you ever bought from them, and I mean anything, for years, way back, is there so you can also get it on like your USB drives and everything straight from them uh, as well as you know you, you know so you get your C, your, your uh, MP3 CDs and then you but it's also included also included as the MP3 uh, downloads so instead of just doing the MP3 downloads it, you get more for your money because you pay the same price uh, if, if you get your MP3 discs and you get the download both, yeah, you understand yeah. the thing? Uh huh. Yeah. And I, there's lots of other sites. Is OTR now still around? Is that what it's called? Pardon? OTR now. OTR Cat. No, it's I know OTR that. Catalog. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But there were other sites too that people used to go to. I think. Bombers. Oh, there's a lot. Radio lovers. Um, oh, gee, I can't think of it. Uh, is Radio no. Lovers still around? I thought Radio I, Lovers wasn't around anymore. Maybe it's gone. I don't, quote. I don't know. It doesn't yeah. work anymore. Mm. I've, I've got a thing, bunch a lot of, of them are gone. Yeah, I've got a list of gone. a bunch, but I don't know how many of them are still active. I probably ought to go to that list and look and, and just click on links and see what shows up. Because he was I, looking I for some downloadable ones. I love downloadable stuff, but I don't know what's, you know, all downloadable like it mm-hmm. used to be. It's, it's changed a lot. Yeah. Yep. I'm glad I got it when I got it. I right. mean, I got a lot of stuff that way. Uh, yeah, I, I saw the list about OTR internet, arch, oh, internet archive, internet or whatever it's called, archive.org. Um, the problem was was finding your way around the site. They have an a, incredible amount of material. Oh yeah, you mean but, Internet Archive? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there were there was some stuff that somebody was talking about, and uh, I had it already, so I didn't go look. But there's a lot of stuff up there, so. Well, and of course, in the old days when we used to go to the radio conventions a lot more than we do now, it was fun because you could buy so much stuff from yeah. guys. Uh, yeah. My God, I, I've got closets full of <laughs> CDs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got some CDs, not many. Most of them I transferred and digitized, so they're on drives now. So, yeah, well, I got a lot of USB drive too. I mean, I mean, 
if I didn't have a computer <clears throat> for a while, there was a question on the TV last night. What would you rather live without, the Internet or, uh, you know, your air conditioning and your heating? And I would rather live without the Internet because I've got so much stuff here that I could keep myself very busy for the rest of my life and never get to any near <laughs> the bottom of it. Yeah, I have a feeling a lot of people would disagree with you <laughs> because I, some I, of these people, are so. they live to be on the Internet. Oh, I, you know. Yeah. I don't but, know. Uh, I would rather, I wouldn't want to be uncomfortably hot or uncomfortably no. cold. No, and and we live in areas where it can get very very hot, and you live in an mm -hmm. area where it can also get very very cold. Yes, same here. I mean, I use yep. my air, and also the heat the heat that they send up here, it's from a boiler system, and so if I didn't have air conditioning running right now, I would be sweltering. You're wow. you're, you're running your air conditioning. I use my air conditioner year-round. Oh. Wow. A lot mm. of times, you know, if, if it's an outdoor unit, it won't run. I mean, it doesn't uh, It doesn't like running below 70 degrees outside. Oh, well, I have to hit it twice to get it to wake up. But once it wakes up, then it's gone. <laughs> wake up! <laughs> you know, wake up, I need you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think usually they're based on what the temperature is on the inside, right? Not, You'd not think necessarily. So. It depends, uh, you know, with the, 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 the coils and stuff and the compressor and and what have you, uh, you know, because that, that stuff can freeze up outside. It can, sure. Um, you know, and, and so that takes a little extra work. But, you know, if it's hot inside, I mean... I, my apartment, oh my goodness, I, I absolutely run the AC year-round. Oh, you do too? Winter, yeah, because everybody else is running the heat, and, and I'm getting it, you know, on four sides around me. And oh, wow. Is that you, Ron? That is. Is that Larry? Yeah, son of a gun. Hey, man, how are you? I'm good. You haven't been here in a long time. I, I was here last week. You were missing. I was not here. Yeah, I, I, I have meetings every other week or every three weeks sometimes, so I do I, miss. I told, I told the legends. Uh, you know, when people were talking about their their uh, tenure in old time radio or Zoom calls and stuff, I said, I go back with John and Larry to the nineteen eighties uh, and early eighties at that. So yeah. Happy, uh, Happy 40th anniversary, man. Yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, and I don't want to bore people too much, but I'll just, I'll just give you a quick one just to, just to keep it real for how old we've gotten. I remember a time when your friend and mine, John Teller, said, don't tell them, don't show them that article where it says I'm 19. And I'm like, well, dude, I'm 19. What's wrong with that? He says, well, I'm 24 now. And I'm like, okay, and I was 19 at the time, and I'm about to turn 60, Larry. So um, it's, it's been a minute, as the kids say. Yeah, yeah, and John Teller is <laughs> is now in Oregon, and he's uh, – I we talk to him quite all – not all the time, but he's doing a podcast now, um, playing radio shows, 
many of which came from the Spirit Vact archives, and he tells stories yeah. about them. And it's, gosh, I don't know how many there are. There's a good nine, at least 90 shows that he's done. Oh, my goodness. Everybody's doing podcasts. Yeah, he does a great job. We, we need to have him on the air, and we talked about that. I owe him oh, a phone cool. call. And what's the name you of his know, podcast? And- uh, I don't remember. Um, John, you remember what Jeff Teller's uh, podcast name is? Good old days of radio. Okay. Right on. And, and, and I'll share one more quick one. And you can get it anywhere. Just go to your favorite podcatcher and you'll find it. Okay. Yeah. You know, you, do, you don't have to be nearby for the broadcast. But no, I'm going to share one more quick, quick one. Okay. And I remember right around the same time, um, uh, I was, I was 20 and um, Bob and Barbara were 40. And I would, I would taunt her with old age jokes. I said, you know, uh, you know, you're old. If, uh, you know, the sound <laughs> of running water, you know, makes you feel like you need to go to the bathroom. And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> yes. 40, I didn't 40, understand that to, then. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> so I was 20, she was 40. I'm like, you're twice my age. You're, you're close to passing. And here I am <laughs> 50% older than she was then. So, it's yeah. quite remarkable. It's real time time goes. It does. <laughs> it does. It's amazing. So And I, I would I'll, and just uh from last week what I was what I was telling folks was I said what's what's another thing that's amazing in the passage of time is that um it is now longer um, from the time that CBS Radio Mystery Theater was on. When, when I started collecting OTR in the 70s, uh, there were shows that were, they were before I was born, but not, not that long ago, right? I mean, shows from the 50s, even from yeah. the 40s, were just mm-hmm. 20 or 30 years ago. Okay, if you look back from now to the beginning of Mystery Theater, um, that's 50 years. Isn't and which is so much longer than than OTR was back when we started. Right. You know, that was 20, 30 years. This is 50 years. This is 50 and we years. Were, we were, yeah, and we were alive for, for Mystery Theater. We were listening yep. to it as, you know, in our in our early teens. And so we don't even think anything about it. It's just incredible. No. Yeah. I wonder if people yeah. are now saying that Mystery <laughs> Theater is not considered old-time radio because it is. But I remember even as far, well, 10 years ago, people were saying, oh, no, that's not old time radio. Well, you know what? Guess what? It is. It is now. I mean, it's not from the golden age, if, because if oh. the golden age was 19, say, 20 to 1950, that may be true. But it's still, to me, but it's, it's still, still there. It's, it, sure, anything that's 50 years old is old. I'm 50 years or more. I'm old. Yeah, well, I have no I, problem with that. I, I, and, and mystery. No, I would. Theater I would absolutely premier- say that it's the golden age is the direction. Sure. Yeah. It, well, mystery it's theater it's premiered in January period, but, of seventy four, you know. so it right. isn't quite fifty years old. Not yet. quite, but it's close. But it's getting there. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry for for interrupting, uh, uh, Ron. Oh, no, no, no worries at all. And we're just all sharing and caring. It's, it's yeah, cool. yeah, no, that, yeah, that's I mean, very we, true. Well, within one year, it'll be 50 for Mystery Theater. Well, less than a year now. Yep. So, yeah, it to me, it counts. 
and yeah, there are lots of shows in the seventies and eighties that are that are older shows, and I don't know that they're old radio. Maybe they are, you know, if, you know, because now as the time goes on and we have fewer and fewer people alive from the golden age of radio, the people who remember radio now are pretty much people who remember it from the seventies and eighties and nineties. Yeah. Very so true. it really just depends on your perspective. So let's see here. We're st- okay. We still got about five minutes. I'm looking to see. I wonder where Joni is. I don't know. I got an email from her. She she sent it to me on her blind shell phone, which is awesome. Which I thought was great. I thought it's, I wasn't sure if it was from her computer or not, but she's beginning to post, which is terrific. Nice. She's had the the phone uh, a few months longer than I have. And uh, being able to dictate or type texts mm-hmm. on that blind shell phone is fantastic. I'm still lazy a lot of times. Well, you can dictate emails, too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but mo- most of the time, I still use the computer to you know, and type. Um, yeah. But, but th- that blind shell phone has, has really helped Joni so much. And I don't know how it's coming with her laptop, but... Uh, I, I hope, uh, and I know Brad uh, is, uh, I know you're helping her out, Brad. So I hope that. I, don't, uh, I think Brad's uh, watching NASCAR, so I don't think. Oh, oh I don't think I we're going to catch still, him. I thought, didn't think that was till this weekend, but anyway. Well, there's, there's NASCAR related programming on. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I know Daytona's coming up. Uh, yeah. Sunday. Yep. I'm not a NASCAR person, but hey, you know. And Bob Raxma is going to, I assume you're playing your own stuff, Bob. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. And then Max back will back up you then. up. Yeah. Got a February McGee and Molly that I think was just recently. At least I didn't have it in any of my collections. Number 66, I think it is. Yeah. Some of the early stuff has come out within the last couple of years. So, so what else are you uh, running tonight, Bob? We never got a we never got a, a an email about it this week. Oh, I've got huh. a couple, couple good ones, and that's all he's gonna say. Yeah, and and uh, are, are you gonna, are you gonna mute everyone, Larry? Or I don't mind you doing that. I've got I've got I found out from Brad all damn mutes people. <laughs> Correct. No, you I I can do it or you can do it. Doesn't matter. Okay. If you want to do it, that's fine. If you found out about it, then we might as well put you to work. Okay, I'll do it then. But don't you do can, it yet, because it's still... No, no, no. You can hit I'll do that, it once I start piece. the show. Well, once the show starts, I'll mute it. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, Brad, no, so so Bob is going to play, so once he begins to do that, or right before he does it, you can mute people. Of course, yep. Just before. Yep. And this will give uh, Bob Acosta some practice in editing. Which is always a good thing. I'm trying to think of this. I'm trying to think who I don't remember. I have to go back and look. We um, also have an interview that we're going to be doing for the uh, uh, for the marathon, and I'm trying to remember if we got them. I'll have to go back and look. So uh, that should be fun. We would have been looking at that. And the presenters, uh, as I said, pretty much all have their shows figured out for the most part. So I'm looking forward to this. This should be lots of fun. Coming up on April 15th. 
So gosh, just about two months away. So. Yep. Any other last minute stuff that uh, we want to talk about? We got about three, maybe four minutes. Why don't there's, I just go ahead and start early? Oh, we could do that. Yeah, there's good podcasts. If you, you can search for X minus one and you'll find uh, okay. and, and drama and stuff. You can find all kinds of st- radio shows on podcasts. Actually, a good way to do that is to go to Google or whatever and put in X minus one podcasts or yes. Gunsmoke podcasts or, or whatever ch- you are looking for. Or check on your, your smart speaker device. Yeah. That's always a good way to do it. Yep. Too. Yeah. That's what I do because I'm lazy. Uh, it works. It works. Okay. Well, if you want to start, that's fine. We can do that. So, Max, why don't you mute and then Bob will play. Okay. Here we go. All 10. Can you folks still hear me? Get ready for a hilarious evening with Fibber McGee and Molly, the zany couple that's always up to something. Tonight's episode, Managing Editor, follows Fibber's attempts to land a job as a newspaper editor, with Molly's usual comedic antics along the way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the latest installment of the beloved radio comedy, Fibber McGee and Molly. Johnson Wax Program. Good evening, everyone. The makers of Johnson's Wax present Marion and Jim as Fibber McGee and Molly. Ted Weems and his orchestra open the show with Celebratin'. Take it, Ted.
would you like to have a free can of Johnson's Auto Wax so you can make your car sparkle like new? Well, let me tell you how you can get one. This is the 50th anniversary year of S.C. Johnson and Son. And to help celebrate the occasion, they are making an unusually generous free offer to car owners. Your dealer now has on display a special anniversary package which contains a full-size can of Johnson's Auto Wax and a regular pint-sized can of Johnson's Auto Cleaner and Polish. You get the can of Auto Wax free when you buy the cleaner, and you pay only 59 cents, less than the regular price of the cleaner alone. See your auto supply dealer, service station, or regular wax dealer without delay. The supply of these free gift packages is strictly limited, and they're selling fast. Be sure you get your full-size can of Johnson's Auto Wax free. Having tried just about everything else, our two friends have now talked themselves into trying to run the wistful Vista newspaper, the Bugle Gazette. Listen to the roar of the mighty presses. Uh, my mistake. They've just put the paper to bed. <laughs> but, uh, let's go into the editorial rooms where they're getting the next issue ready. Copy boys are rushing about and, well, you know the old newspaper adage... When a man bites a dog, that's news. But when a man and a maid bite off more than they can chew, that's Bibber McGee and Molly. Why does everybody around this place keep hollering copy? It's just embarrassment, Molly. They see me watching them, so they start hollering to show me they're on the job. Oh, yeah. Say, here's a cute little item, Molly. What's it say? Little Willie Toops, who got situated when he sat down in the sprinkler. Wait a minute, McGee. Huh? Willie Toops got what when he sat in the sprinkler? Situated. You mean saturated. Well, what's the difference? Well, saturated means all wet. Situated means in a certain place. Well... Listen to this one, Molly, from the gossip column. It says, the Joe Lewises expect visit from Mr. Stork. <laughs> kind of a cute item, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How'll I headline that? Oh, that's easy. How? Joe Lewis lays down the leather and picks up the kids. <laughs> As I was going to tell you a while ago, Molly, when you run a newspaper like this one, you got to keep... Get it, Molly, will you? Okay. Hello? Managing editor's desk. Yes? Oh, it's the movie editor, McGee. Hello, what's the matter? Oh, I see. Yes, well, I'll tell him and he'll call you back later. All right. What do you want? Well, he says the manager of the Bijou Theater is worried that people will be afraid to come to his show. Why? Well, he's running the garden murder case, lady killer, bullets and ballots, and the Lewis Schmell and fight pictures. Murder, killing, shooting, and fighting. Call him back and tell him to add the country doctor. <laughs> Now, McGee, will you please tell me what you were going oh, yeah, to say? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, when you're running a newspaper like this, you always... Excuse me, Chief. What's the matter, son? I want to run this heading about Ethiopia. In italics. <laughs> you see, Molly? you got to know what's good news. Now you take... Take Johnson's Auto Wax. It protects your car finish from the hot summer sun. <laughs> that ain't good news value. Everybody knows that. <laughs> now, for instance, Harpo, where would you put this news about the Olympics? Why, on the sport page. Fine. Now, suppose I was to be seen on the beach at Atlantic City wearing one of them cellophane bathing suits. What would that be? A comic strip. 
Come in. Come in. Oh, hello there, little girl. Oh, hi there, sis. What's on your mind? Now, remember, this is our busy day. Well, see, it's my busy day, too, a bit. Oh, it is, eh? Cute, ain't she, Molly? Well, what do you want, sis? A dog. A dog with a black tail, and he won't bite anybody, and he can swim dandy, and his name is Poochie. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, we'll put him in the lost and found. Hmm? I says we'll put him in the lost and found column. He ain't found, I bet you he's just lost. <laughs> I know, but we put it in the lost and found regardless. Why? Well, that read it so people know where to look if they find him. If they find him, they don't have to look. He's right there, I bet you. <laughs> now, listen. Suppose you lose a dog. Suppose nothing, I did. I know, I know, but this is just hypothetical. No, it's Snaredale. You lost him. We put it in the paper. Then if your dog shows up, you get him back. Well, Poochie can't read, I betcha. Rabbit, he don't have to read. Somebody that finds him can read, can't they? Who? Whoever finds him. Where do they live? How should I know where do they live? Now, now you run along and we'll see that you get your dog back. Okay. Well, what's you waiting for? Well, gee, mister, I was just thinking. Hmm? Maybe if some other little girl finds him, and if she gets to love him, mm-hmm. and wants to keep him, yes. maybe you can find me a pony. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, yes. we got to have a flash for the feature page. What pictures you got? Well, now, here's a snow scene with skiing. No, oh, that's a downhill business. Oh. There's one of Queen Marie's gowns with a train. No, need two pages for that. Well, there's a small hotel with Perry Como. Who's the manager? Ted Weems. Okay, run that. And don't forget the new bill. <laughs> Looking through the window 
You can see a distant steeple. Now the sign of people, the blue one steeple. When the steeple bell says good night, sleep well, we'll take the small hotel together. now to the editorial rooms of the Wistful Vista Bugle Gazette, where Fibber McGee and Molly are giving a more or less successful imitation of editors. McGee, they're on the phone from the composing room and want to know what they're to set on the weather. Oh, yes. Yeah. weather. You've got to have some weather. Where'd I put that report from the weather bill? Oh, okay. What's it say? It says, clear today and tomorrow unless showers arrive. Yeah. No wind unless heavy breeze from southeast or northwest. Cloudy unless clear weather prevails. Cooler tonight if light rain falls, but no rain expected until tomorrow, which will be clear unless storms are indicated. Well, that's just dandy. Mm-hmm. Hello, composing room. Just say, consult your bunion. That's fine. <laughs> oh, here's a real sweet letter from a subscriber, McGee. Huh? It's telling about the fox at the zoo being the proud father of quadruplets. Oh, yeah. Where'll we print it? Fox pop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, heavenly day. Here comes Silly Watson. Hello, Silly. Hi there, Phil. Hi, ma'am. How are you, boss? Just what are your particular journalistic functions, Phil? What? <laughs> he means what do you do around here, Silly? Oh, I'm a copy boy, ma'am. Oh, copy boy. <laughs> kind of a carbon copy boy, huh? <laughs> no, sir. No? No, sir. Carbon copies is all alike, please, sir. I is unique. <laughs> That's a joke, Mr. McGee. <laughs> well, just what are you doing, silly, uh, specifically? Specific? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, I just help around here and there, mostly there. Yesterday, I carried cameras for the photographers, ma'am. They were taking pictures down at the beach. Oh. They get some nice exposure still? McGee. <laughs> I nearly got fired on account of them boys, too, I ah, did. How's that, Phil? Well, what I'm saying is, say, listen, boy, you run back and get some more plates. Well, didn't you obey orders? Yes, ma'am. I thought I, bought, I, thought I did, anyhow. I run out. I got some plates and cups and sauces. And <laughs> ketchup, even. I thought they were going to have a beach party. <laughs> well, that was quite a mistake, Phil. Well, what'd they do when you brought, uh, brought the wrong kind of plates? Did they have a fit? No, ma'am. He had a beach party. <laughs> well, excuse me, boss, please. Excuse me, ma'am. They're hollering for me over here. Okay. Here comes the guy that owns the paper. Hi there, Mr. Boomer. Mr. Boomer, this here is my wife, Molly. Molly, Mr. Boomer, the owner. How do you do, I'm sure. Yes, yes, my little paragrapher. Yes. <laughs> How are you getting along on the job? Well, Mr. Boomer, Just we... as I thought. Not so good. Yes, but... No buts, please. I don't allow smoking in my editorial offices, and where there's no smoking, there's no buts. Yes. I mean, no, no. Now, there's another thing I wanted to speak about, McCoy. McGee. My boy. Yes, but Mr. Boomer, we... Uh... Quiet, my little sob sister. Quiet. 
I just wanted to say that my wife is giving a ball tonight, and she'll expect four pages with photographs. Yes, yes, you better make it five and three colors. Let me see now, five pages, three colors. Better put a bold face on her. Short dear. Yes, you better put a head on it, too. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, take care of that, my little paste pops. And another thing, don't send any more telegrams about fire horses. Your expenses are haywire now. <laughs> now, let's see. What was a... Who's the auto editor, Molly? Mr. Wilcox. Get him in here, will you? Press the third buzzer. You want something, Keith? <laughs> Yeah, real prompt, ain't <laughs> <laughs> Say, Harpo. Yes. Where's them pictures I wanted of the auto races? Ah, uh, right here. Beautiful, aren't they? Yes. But, oh, look, there's no pictures of the winners crossing the finish line. I know it. You see, the three leading cars were polished with Johnson's auto wax, and the finish was so bright it spoiled the picture. <laughs> and, and after I'd planned it all so well. I see. It's kind of a flash in the plan. Oh, who's that fellow with you, Harpo? Oh, excuse me. Why, this is my brother, uh, my twin brother, Barlow. Oh, Harlow and Barlow. Yeah, uh, Barlow, this is Fibber McGee and Molly. How do you do, I'm sure. Hi, bud. Uh, hello. Uh, you been managing this newspaper long, Mr. McGee? <laughs> no, no, we just got a one-script contract. <laughs> Which one of you fellas is the oldest? Well, uh, I'm the oldest. Isn't that right, Barlow? Uh, yes, Harlow, that's right. He's <laughs> older than I. Yes, that's what I thought. Well, you certainly look alike. Yes, people... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people hardly know which is which, do they, Barlow? No, no, Harlow, they don't. <laughs> you see... <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see, Fibber, uh, Barlow is going to take my place while, um... <laughs> while you're on your vacation. <laughs> while I'm on my vacation, Barlow's going to take my place. Aren't you, Barlow? Uh, yes, Barlow. And... <laughs> yes, and it won't be hard to do. Now, wait a minute. Please, Barlow, more respect. Remember, I'm three minutes older. Uh, excuse me, Harlow. Don't mention it, Barlow. Well, <clears throat> so long, Chief. Goodbye, boys. Good day, Chief. <laughs> nice boys, ain't he, Molly? Yeah, he's a fine chap, both of them. Say, <laughs> <laughs> McGee. Now, uh, here's some publicity on this Gus Groner, the wrestler. Well, what's it say? Uh, well, it says, uh, Gus Groner, the Goliath of Grunt, has a surprise to spring on his public tonight in his bout at the Wistful Vista Stadium with Toppler Tinjaw, the Titan of the Toehold. <laughs> Old Gus Groner, eh? <laughs> Shucks, that palooka has took more falls than the French cabinet. <laughs> What's he got, a new hold? No, he's got a new expression. <laughs> he's been rehearsing a new expression of agony for three weeks in secret training. <laughs> Where does he train? In the Hall of Mirrors at Coney Island. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll use it. That's what wrestling needs, Molly. What? New faces. Oh. Now about the financial page, McGee. Where did you easy, put this? Easy, Molly, easy, Molly. Here comes the boss, old Pooey Puss again. <laughs> Hi, boss. Yes, yes, my little subhand. I've told you before about these expense accounts. You've been okaying everything. I won't stand for it. I don't mind $25 for checking a hat. Or renting an airplane to go home to lunch. Well, uh, but when my reporters charter the Queen Mary to watch the Harvard boat races, it's time to call a halt. <laughs> yeah. 
I believe I will call a halt. Halt! Yes, yes, now I feel better. <laughs> Come in. Oh, hi there, Ted. Molly, this is Teddy Bear Weems, our cub reporter. Hello, Ted. Oh, don't call me Ted, Molly. You've known me too long for that. Just call me Mr. Weems. Oh, thank you. That's all right. I hate formality. <clears throat> uh, what's on your mind, Ted? May I use your telegraph instrument a minute? Why, certainly, Ted. Or, uh, Mr. Weems. Thanks. Who are you wiring, Ted? Parker Gibbs. Where is he? Sing, sing. Listen. <laughs> I miss you tonight, stop. I wish I could kiss you tonight, stop. Want to let you know just how I am. So I'm sending you this telegram. The weather is rainy and cold, stop. The next house to our house was sold, stop. Lovely neighbors moved in by the way. Came around to borrow eggs today. Here's some news that's really news. Mr. Brown became a pop. Don't forget to wire and say congratulations, stop. My darling, there's so much to write, stop. A letter will follow tonight, stop. Wonder if you're lonely as I am. Now I've got to close this telegram. I love you, stop. Mean it, stop. Own me, stop. Write me, stop, but don't stop loving me. remind you again about Johnson's free gift offer to car owners. And let me say first that the can of Johnson's Auto Wax is given free. And it's a full-size can, not a sample. You get this can of Johnson's Auto Wax free with one pint of Johnson's Auto Cleaner and Polish. Both products in an attractive anniversary package which costs you the small sum of 59 cents, less than the regular price of the cleaner alone. Your dealer is now displaying these free gift packages. And I'd suggest that you hurry up and get one before they're gone. Dealers tell me they're selling fast, and I know the supply is strictly limited. With the two products in this 50th anniversary package, you can make your car look like new and stay that way, no matter how dull and dingy it might be now. And whether your car is old or new, it should be waxed. You'll not only save the finish of your car, you'll save money on car washing. 
and increase trade in value. Johnson's Auto Cleaner and Polish, you remember, cleans and polishes the finish of your car in one operation with a minimum of work and without injury to the finish. It's a creamy liquid, easy to apply. Johnson's Auto Wax is the easy, safe way to protect the finish against weather, road dirt, and the destructive ultraviolet rays of the sun. A car that is Johnson waxed is always new looking. Get your free can of Johnson's Wax right away. Now, back to the editorial rooms of the Wistful Vista Bugle Gazette, where, during Fibber's temporary absence, Molly is talking to one of the new reporters. Did you get that interview with the mayor's wife, Mr., uh, Mr.? My name is Toots. More Toots. Well, uh, did you get it? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you sure sent me on a wild goose chase that time. You mean she wasn't there? No, she just left. <laughs> She ran away with the chauffeur. <laughs> the mayor's wife ran away with the chauffeur, so you didn't get any story. That's the idea. Well, what did the mayor have to say about it? Did you talk to him? No, I couldn't. They shot him. What? <laughs> oh, well, you can't always get the break. <laughs> well, didn't their neighbors have any reports to make? <laughs> I'll say they didn't. <laughs> They wouldn't come out on account of the lion. Lion? What lion? The one that got away from the circus. <laughs> he already had two cooks and a gardener. <laughs> Heavenly day. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, maybe I can get a story when they catch the dame. <laughs> can I go home now, ma'am? I think you better. Well, thank you for trying anyway. Oh, that's okay, ma'am. <laughs> Oh, boy, was this a wasted day. Well, now, I never saw such a fellow in all... McGee! Huh? What's the matter, Molly? How about this want ad, McGee? Huh? Let's... Let's see it. Here it is. Read it. Four jars cold cream for chapped lips. We'll swap for piccolo lessons or what have you. Elmo Tanner. <laughs> and here's one. Not responsible for debts contracted for by anyone but myself. Hmm. Where'd that come from? Finland? <laughs> and here's one, folks. Personal. Pete W. Don't call for me again in that dull, dingy car. Neighbors talking. Use Johnson's auto wax. Love, Jesse. And here's one. <laughs> Will the woman who witnessed murder in editorial office July 13th please write Fibber McGee? All right, all right. I can take a hint. <laughs> now, let's see, Ma. What is Hey, what's the idea of busting in here without being... Oh, it's Aunt Lulu. Molly, this here's Aunt Lulu Lovebird, editor of our Busted Hearts Department. How you doing, baby? Uh, my wife, Molly, Lulu. How do you do, I'm sure. Uh, I got some letters for you this edition, Lou. Uh, shoot, Skippy, let's hear them. <clears throat> well, the first one says, Dear Aunt Lulu, I love my girl very much, but I'm afraid she's too much of a homebody for me. I like to bat around to nightclubs and make hachi and hooksha. Hmm. What shall I do? Signed, Ra, Ra, Ra. How'd you answer that, Lou? Dear Ra, Ra, Ra. I get through work about 9 o'clock. Call for me. I know a swell joint on 14th and Oak Street. <laughs> Lulu, no cover charge, Lovebird. Mm, fine. <laughs> now, here's one, Lou. Dear Miss Lovebird, what is your description of the ideal man? What should he look like, and how much should he be worth? Signed, Anxious. Dear Anxious, my ideal man's got a million bucks, and who cares what he looks like? <laughs> <laughs> Here's just one more now. Dear Aunt Lulu Lovebird, 
I am a pretty Norwegian girl of 16, and every time my boyfriend Olaf calls, my little brother Knut keeps hanging around. What shall I do? Signs, Desperate Hilda. Dear Desperate Hilda, I'd take the little so-and-so out in the backyard and answer his answer. <laughs> in these modern days, dearie, every girl must paddle her own Knut. <laughs> Thanks, dearie. <laughs> Dad, read it. Here comes old Bottle Bitches again. <laughs> Hi there, boss. How's everything? Terrible, going? terrible. You've messed up the front page. You've got the baseball scores mixed up with the treasury report. <laughs> you ran a picture of Shirley Temple with a caption, Passes 97th birthday quietly. <laughs> and under Rockefeller's picture, you said, Spends happy day skipping rope. Yes, yes. Yeah, but listen here. Everybody makes mistakes. Not so, not so. In the newspaper business, my little flash bulb, we can't afford to make mistakes. Yes, yes. Didn't you ever make any mistakes, Mr. Boomer? Yes, I did. When I hired you two pulp destroyers. Oh, yeah. You may consider yourselves fired. Fired? Oh, yes, and you can make it retroactive. Yes, did you yes. you hear that, McGee? We're quiet. Just a minute, Molly. Before we leave, Boomer, I got one more story to finish. It's a scoop, too. Is that so? Something of international importance? No, this is a local story. It goes managing editor, Sox newspaper owner with Cuspador. Well, well, when did that happen? Right now. <laughs> say a word to the ladies for a minute about wax. Most of you know what Johnson's Wax does to protect and beautify your home. This special Johnson's Auto Wax will do the same thing for your car. So see that somebody in your family gets a free can of this auto wax, even if you have to go out and get it yourself. Wax, you know, is used by nature to protect all flowers and fruit. In fact, that's where they first got the idea of protecting floors, furniture, and woodwork with wax. Johnson's Wax seals the pores of wood, protects the finishes, and brings out its beauty. And besides the great beauty that Johnson's Wax brings into your home, it saves you many, many hours of housework. Wax your lampshades, windowsills, leather goods, picture frames, paintings, pantry shelves, and, of course, your floors, furniture, and woodwork with genuine Johnson's Wax. And may we add a note of caution? Don't accept substitutes. Right here's where we ought to have a swell gag. Such as what? Oh, something topical. Something about the heat wave. Well, there's one thing about a gag on this hot weather. What's that? It ain't funny, McGee. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. Selection There's a Small Hotel is from the production on your toes. Hello, Wilcox speaking. This is the National Broadcasting Company. That was Fibber McGee and Molly from 1936, July 13th, called Managing Editor. Up next, The Weird Circle. 
The Great Plague, Episode 15. The Weird Circle was a 30-minute, syndicated, supernatural fantasy series that ran from 1943 through 1945. There were 78 episodes produced. The show's strength was stories from famous writers of the two genres, including including Robert Louis Stevenson, Victor Hugo, Edgar Allan Poe, and even Charles Dickens. Most all of the stories came from the Victorian era or older. The show obviously had low production budget. Though the show was aided by selections from famous book authors, it lacked recognizable voice actors. Produced from facilities in New York City, the show drew upon the acting talent there. One of the more unusual aspects of the show was that there was no music, other than between scenes. Some have claimed that this lack of music helps to keep the show from being dated, and it remains fresh to this day. So here we have The Weird Circle, Episode 15, The Great Plague. Out of the past, phantoms of a world gone by speak again the immortal tale, The Great Plague. My name's C. Farrow, and as I've often said, I'm willing to learn. Learn to do anything, as long as I can earn me enough to keep a roof over me head and food in me stomach. It was at lunchtime yesterday that I first came to this blasted town in Newport in Monmouthshire and took myself to the nearest inn to see about a bite for the inner man. I stood at the doorway looking in, and who do I see but me old friend and pal, Grigsby, the greatest thief what ever lived. Yes, it was Grigsby, looking as if he'd never slept on a London bench in his life, eating as full and hearty a meal as I've ever seen. At the same time I sees him, he sees me, and he shouts, Fado! Well, well, well. Grigsby, my boy. You're looking as well as the Prince of Wales. I'm fit. <laughs> yes, fit, Fado. Fit for what? For whatever you got in that pig like mine. Sit down, Fado, sit down. I've been looking for a man like you. I want you to meet a friend of mine. Bender, this is C. Fado. Glad to meet you. Cheery sort of bloke. What? Oh, he ain't very cheery, but you get used to him. You have to. He's a friend of mine. Why not? Since you're asking the question, Mr. Bender, you're the one that must answer it, eh? <laughs> Have you eaten lunch yet, Fado? Lunch, is it now? <laughs> Getting swank, huh? I haven't had a morsel in three days. Rope again, Fado, eh? You'll never learn to make your way in this world. You ought to make some plans for yourself. I try, Grigsby. Honest, I do. Bender. Yep. Show this bloke how to pick a pocket, eh? Well, it's simple. Look at the table next to the bar. See the old man there? That's old Peter. He's the caretaker for the largest house in town. He always carries the keys to the silver closet and his money in his left-hand pocket. Why his left pocket? He's left-handed. Live and learn, Fado. Live and learn. Now, all I have to do is walk by him, pass the time of day pleasant-like, pick his pocket, and we'll all have lunch money... And my friend Grigsby will have the silver closet keys. A very important item. Ooh, what if you get caught? <laughs> Bender caught? <laughs> Never. <laughs> I taught him how to do it. 
Now, watch and learn, me boy. I'll make something out of you yet. I'm watching. Go ahead, Bender. Keep your eye on me. I'll be right back. See the way he walks across the room just as if he doesn't care? Swaggering, swinging his shoulders like? Yes, I'm watching. He walks easy. Now, look. He stops at the man's table, talks a while, smiling all the time. What's he saying? How should I know, Fanno? No matter what a man says. What matters is he's saying, just saying it. Now, watch his hand there. Stealing into the left pocket there. Huh? He's got it. He has for a fact. Yeah, he's got the wallet. And the keys, too. Oh, it's quite a trick. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a trick. And I taught it to him. If you want to learn something, fellow, I told you before, stick to Grigsby and you may commit to money. I got big plans for myself this night with old Peter's silver closet keys. Should I uh, count you in? As I've said before, and I'm saying it again, I'm willing to learn. So I stuck with Grigsby and Bender. We left the inn in the late afternoon. Grigsby had big plans on his mind, it seems. He was walking fast down the village road toward the biggest house in the town. Me and Bender was walking behind. Come on, you two. Get a move on, will you? Can't walk faster than the legs will go. Uh, having you two on my hands, I'll never get anything done tonight. Oh, I'm sorry, Grigsby, but I'm hurrying as best I can. <laughs> what are you up to? Look at the end of the road there. That's the house ahead of us. You know who that house belongs to? How should I know? It belongs to the richest family in the old county. Uh, family's out of town, I hear. That's right, Bender. Family's out of town. And the only person living there is old Peter and his young granddaughter, Evie. Imagine. Old Peter along, alone with a young child. <laughs> yes, imagine. An old man and a young girl without any protection. <laughs> What are you thinking of, Grigsby? Oh, a simple plan, fellow. I've been working on this plan for days. A plan to steal the silver. It's worth a fortune, and it's easier than taking candy from a baby. Now I see why you stole the keys. Well, there's the house. We had to wait around here till midnight. When midnight comes, I'll knock on the door, and old Peter will open it. And then Bender here clubs him over the head. And I goes in. Gets the silver and the money. And we leave town. What about the child? Ah, that's where you come into the plan, fellow. You're a little fellow. Good at crawling through windows. What do I do when I get through the window? Find the child and get her out of the way before she starts to shriek and holler. <laughs> I, I ain't no child murder, Grigsby. I ain't. I, I gotta teach you the odd way, Fado. You never learn it all. But, but I... Don't butt me, Fado, or I'll cut your throat for you. I'll cut his throat for him. You heard him, Fado. Bender's good at cutting throats. <laughs> I taught him. But I got a, a wife and kid of me own. I can't go fighting little children. Use I... the knife, Bender. Good idea. No, 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 wait a minute. Don't be hasty. I never was a man not to change my mind. Change his mind. So you'll change your mind, eh? I thought you'd come to my way of looking at it. Yeah, look over there, playing in the yard. It's the little girl herself, all alone. Now, if you're smart, fatter, 
You'll take a word of advice. I don't think I need no advice right now. You might need it this evening when we start to work. Now, talk to the little girl for a while. Find out what room she lives in. And you might even ask what kind of silver the family's hoarding. Oh, she's a pretty little thing. Look at her, playing by herself, nice as you please. <laughs> like a regular little lady. It's uh, easier to kill a child than a grown-up. They die easy, fast. <laughs> Go on, Bender, don't joke with a bloke. He's getting pale. Go on, Pharaoh. Are you going to talk to her or do I have to convince you with me knife? I'll talk to her. We'll just sit over on the side of the road and watch you. I don't need no watching. <laughs> we'll watch anyway. Just walk right up to her and speak. Hello, little girl. Who are you? Who am I? Why, I, I, I'm a friend of yours. Do you know my grandfather, old Peter? You no, know, not personally, but I, I've heard of him. Do you know my name? Now, what is your name? Evie. I live in that house over there. It's a right nice house, Evie. Uh, which room is your room? Don't you know? Should I? Of course, everybody knows Evie's room. Grandfather says he says it's cause it's a special safe room just for me. Guardian angels watch over me all the time. Of course. <laughs> Where is your room? On the second floor in the back of the building right over the kitchen entrance. There's a special porch off my room. A porch? Yes. Now I've told you about me. What about you? What's your name? My name's C. Farrow. See, Farrell, that's a funny name. Where do you live? Any place I can find for me to live? On the grass or in a haystack, in an alley, in a doorway of a shop? Is there a second floor for you to sleep on in all these places? I suppose so, Evie. I like you. Wish I could stay with you longer, but I can't. Well, where are you going? Home. My grandfather told me to come in promptly at five or I'll catch cold. He worries about me awful. He always does. Goodbye, Steve Farrow. Goodbye, Evie. Bye. 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 <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, Evie. Goodbye. Ah, pretty little gal she is. Nice work, Farrow. Quite nice work. <laughs> if I say so myself, I couldn't have done a better job. One would almost think the little girl liked you. One would, eh? Well... Maybe she did. That don't make no difference now. We'll just take a look around the grounds and then wait. Amanda, wait till midnight. Stick around, fellow. You're going to learn something tonight. Till midnight. Might even get a few hours sleep. Grigsby led the way, and as I've said, I'm willing to learn. As we walked around the ground, I kept looking at the second floor. And my heart sunk. Child killing. That just ain't in my line. For an hour or so, Grigsby studied the land. And then he led us to a little grove on one side of the field where we sat down to wait. Render the big fella fell asleep. Grigsby kept one eye on me and one eye on the house. And all of a sudden, I realised it was starting to rain. But rain or no rain, we just waited and waited and... Till the church clock struck twelve. Oh. 
Bender was fast asleep when Grigsby said, Bender, hey, Bender, wake up. It's midnight now. Oh, oh midnight. Uh, so soon. Uh, blast me if it ain't raining. It's been raining for hours. It, we ought to forget the old thing. We ain't forgetting nothing. Come on, fatto. Get on your feet and get a move on. Oh, I'm on my feet. Ready, Bender? I'm right behind you, Grigsby. Well, follow me, both of you. The ground is wet, Grigsby. Not a night to do this job. I'm superstitious about the rain. Shut up. Well, I am. Well, gentlemen, there's the house right ahead of us. Imagine everyone's sound asleep. Fellow. Yes, Grigsby? We'll walk you to the back of the house and give you a boost up over the ledge of the kitchen porch. Yes, Grigsby. Go on, go on, get a move on. I'm moving, I'm moving. Shh, both of you. Oh. There's the porch. You think you can climb it, fellow? I don't know. Honest, I don't. Oh, you better now. Climb up on that ledge and stay there until you hear me pound on the front door. Then what? When I pound on that door, climb in that open window and take care of that kid. She won't feel nothing. Just one quick jab in the heart and <laughs> she's dead. Here, fellow. Just as a special favor to you, I'll lend you my own knife. Well, go on, take it. Yes, uh, uh, all right, I will. <laughs> well, fellow, are you ready? I'm as ready as I'll ever be, I suppose. Climb on me back and I'll give you a boost to the ledge. Now, don't forget, Fado. If that child ain't dead, you will be. Bender kneeled down, and Grigsby helped me stand on the big man's back. I grasped one pole of the porch, which was just beneath the child's window, and then, pulling myself up inch by inch, I climbed from the ground to the roof of the porch. The pole was wet and slippery, and my fingers were cut by splinters when I reached the porch. Panting and breathless, I just crouches there, waiting. I see Grigsby and Bender walk slowly around to the front of the house. Then I notice the window, right in front of my eyes with little white curtains blowing back and forth, and it brings a tear to my eye. Then I notice a little white bed inside the room, but the room's too dark and I can't see the child nowhere. It seems to me the old world's quiet, and my breathing's as loud as an elephant's. When I hears... Open up, old man! Open up! I'm telling you to open up the door! Wake up, old Peter, wake up! Hey, you old Peter, wake up before I pound the door down. Are you deaf? Well, open up. 
He sleeps like a log. Uh, he's playing the fox, I'll guarantee. Pretending to be asleep. Wait a minute. If you don't wake up, I'll smash the door. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Where is it, Grigsby? Up there in that window, right over your head. Oh, there you are, you dimwit. Come on down and open up this here door. Gentlemen, why do you come to wake up honest people at this hour of the night? Stop playing the game, old Peter. Your time has come. If you don't open up this door right away. My time? You mean to kill me? If you don't open up the door. Gentlemen. Gentlemen, I'm afraid you're too late. A crueler fate than murder has taken the breath from my body. What are you talking about? You see, I'll open up the door, but you'll wish to heaven you'd never visited this house. I'll be right down. What's he talking about, Grigsby? I'm not quite sure, Bender. Not quite sure. I wonder how that fool Fatter was done. Oh, he's done his job. I know Fatter. How long it keep us waiting in this rain? Here. If we don't answer soon, we'll break in the window on the side of the house. Oh, there he is. Come in. Come into the light where I can see you. Oh, woe unto you, gentlemen, for trespassing this house tonight. What are you talking about, anyway? Look at my face, gentlemen. The black rings under my eyes and the black splotches on my arms. Do you have any idea what that is? Black rings. Black splotches. Blimey, Grigsby. It's the plague. The Black Plague. Yes, the Black Plague. That's what it is. This afternoon, late this afternoon, my little granddaughter came in from play. Within four hours, she was dead. Evie dead? Come in, gentlemen. Look. Look. There she lies on the stairs. Grigsby, look. Mm. Look well, gentlemen. Because within the half hour, I should be lying by her side. <laughs> oh, oh, the pain. Oh, the pain. It's the plague, Grigsby. I've seen them before. Run, gentlemen. Run to the tanning factory and breathe in the healing fumes of the tannery. The smell of the tan bark and the leather have curative powers. It's too late for me. But if you wish to spare yourself the horrible suffering of the plague... Go, go at once to the tannery and stay there as long as you can. <laughs> oh, the pain, my flesh, the pain. <gasps> oh, the pain. Help me, gentlemen. Help me. The pain. Don't, Help don't, me. don't touch me, Peter. Come on, Bender. The tanner's factory. As fast as we can run. As fast as we can run. Where's Fatto? Where's Fatto? I'm right behind you, Bender. I've heard. It's the Black Plague, and nothing can save us. Nothing but the air of the tannery. Let's get there. Hurry. Hurry. Brenda. Hi. You sit here. Next to me on this pile of tannin waste. Right. Fado? Yes. You sit next to him and all breathe together now. Odd. One. Two. Three. Are you sure the fumes from this tanning vat are good for the black plague? I've heard nothing can cure you once you've touched someone who's had it. Oh, I never touched out, Peter. Did you, Brenda? Never once. Not even tapped him lightly on the shoulder. But I touched the child. You? Yes, and right after that, I touched Bender. Remember Bender? Then I must have it too. Look at me, Grigsby. How do I look? Uh, 
Not so well as a fact. I don't feel well either. Not well at all. Your, your face does look sort of, uh, wouldn't you say, bloated, Grigsby? I've got it. I've got the plague. That's what I've got. If that almost have it too. But nobody touched me. Nobody. Nobody been. I'm still all right. You won't be for long, Grigsby. What are you talking about? I'm going to die. But you ain't going to live. You got us into this. I'll rub me hands on your face. That's what I'll do. Rub me hands on your face. No, you don't, you. Give me that knife, Farrow. He argues me. Don't give it to him, Farrow. I got it now. And if you come near me, Bender, you know what'll happen to you. What's the difference now? The plague of the knife makes no difference to me either way. Stay away from me. I won't stay away from you, Grigsby. My hands are covered with a disease and it'll soon be on your face. You pig, you dog. I'll teach you. You'll teach me what? The knife. The knife. Don't you. Uh, 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 uh. I'll take care of him for a long time to come. <gasps> Bender's dead. And we'll be with him in a short time, Grigsby. Oh, the plague. The Black Plague. What can I do, Farrow? I don't know rightly, Grigsby. I'm just sitting here watching you, waiting to see. Maybe I'll learn something. The leather scraps. Maybe if I, I rub myself with the leather scraps. Maybe if I... Farrow, I, I don't want to die. Not yet. I, I don't want to die. I'm the greatest thief that ever lived. Clever, too. Nobody ever beat Grigsby before, nobody. Nobody ever did before, Grigsby. Well, they ain't going to this time. No, they ain't. Well, maybe the Black Plague's got more power than you have. You can't fight the plague, Grigsby. <laughs> Is me face turning black? Uh, I can't rightly tell yet. Me eyes. How do me eyes look? Uh, red and swollen. Oh, any black rings around them? Oh, give it time. It takes time for the black plague to grow. Time. Time. If you'll sit still, it won't be half as painful to die. Maybe, maybe if I breathe deeply. Uh, that won't do any good. What do I have to die? I guess you do. I guess you do. But don't worry. You'll have plenty of warning before you die. The pain will tell you. The screaming pain. The pain. The screaming pain. And then Grigsby collapsed, crying like he was a baby. I sat there for one whole hour watching Grigsby. Bender was dead. As the time slowly passed and the night became morning, I, I noticed a group of men heading toward us. They were carrying guns. And I poked Grigsby in the ribs. Hi, Grigsby, somebody's coming. Uh, what's the difference now, fellow? You'll find out. Hello over there. Hello, Mr. Grigsby, Mr. Grigsby. What's he want? I don't know. Ask him. I'm Mr. Grigsby. Oh, yes, Grigsby. And are you Mr. Farrell? That's what they call me. And the man with the knife in him is Mr. Bender, I presume. You'll have to take my word for it. You can't ask a dead man no questions. Gentlemen, in the name of the law, you're under arrest. Seize them, boy. Arrested? For what? What am I arrested? For what? For housebreaking and plotting against the life of a child. And now it's for murder. How do you know all these things? How do I know? He told me. Old Peter? Yes, I told him, Mr. Grigsby. You? You told him? I thought you were dead of the Black Plague. I know you did. I wanted you to think so. It took a lot of trouble painting on black spots with kitchen charcoal. Ch charcoal? <laughs> Let me go. Let me go. I wouldn't try that, Mr. Grigsby. But, but Levy, 
She was dead of the plague. I saw her myself lying on the steps, dead as can be. Evie was sound asleep in her own bed. You saw a dressmaker's dummy wrapped in cloth and smudged with charcoal lying on the steps. And I thought I was dying, that's what I thought. Bender thought he was dying too. You, you fellow. You were the one who told us we had the plague. You did. You were the one who gave me the knife to kill Bender. You I always told you, Grigsby, I'm willing to learn. You, you climbed through the window to kill the child, yes. You must have known. She wasn't dead. Yes, I knew she wasn't dead. She was lying in her bed, smiling at me as I came through the window. Smiling and laughing. And, and she told me where to find her grandfather. Find him? Yes, find him. And the two of us got together and got an idea. An idea about the plague. Me knowing how afraid you always are of being sick. You double-crossed me, that's what. I promised I'd kill if you double-crossed me and I... There, come along, Grigsby, and you're under arrest. And you too, Farrell. Take them away, boys. Mr. Officer, don't take Mr. Farrell away. See, Farrell's my friend. I don't think there's any charge against Farrell, Mr. Officer. I'll kill him. Come on, come on, Grigsby. There's a nice jail cell waiting for you. I'll get you for this someday, Farrow, that I will. Drag them away, boys, and don't waste any more time with him. Oh, (laughs) Miss Evie. Yes, Mr. Officer. I have a special job for you. From now on, Mr. Farrow here is in your charge. Oh, thank you, Mr. Officer. I like Sea Farrow. And I like you too, Evie. Grandpa... Grandpa, can we ask Mr. Farrell to my birthday party today? I don't see why not, Evie child. <laughs> I think he deserves a piece of birthday cake. <laughs> oh, well, blimey, it hasn't been a long time since my mouth tasted birthday cake. Uh, what do you intend to do in this town, Mr. Farrell? Settle down here and, and get employment? I'll do anything, old Peter. Anything, as long as I've enough to keep a roof over me head and food in me stomach. If you've got any ideas... I'm willing to learn. I think I might have some ideas, Mr. Farrow. It's just possible that Evie and I both might. From the time-worn pages of the past, we have brought to you the immortal tale, The Great Plague. Bellkeepers! Toll the bell. Well, that was The Weird Circle from December 5th, 1943, The Great Plague. Before that, we heard Fibber McGee and Molly from July 13th, 1936 managing editor and i hope you enjoyed these shows tonight my name is bob braxman i've been your host here in the fred bertelson radio room thank you very much for listening good night There, I tried unmuting everyone. Seems to work.
It, did it put Nikki uh, has a quick question? Okay. What was the name of the second one again? I have to go, but I'll be back later. Uh, it's weird circle. Weird circle. Oh, weird circle. Yeah, it was on in 43, 44. Uh, and it's been replayed and syndicated many times after that. Thank you. And is it, what was it, suspense or whatever? Because I missed it. I got thrown out a couple of times. I don't know why. They're little eerie stories. They're not, they're kind of suspenseful, but I mean, the Weird Circle is the name of the show. Oh, I see. Okay. <clears throat> Thank so you so they're much. They're good shows. They, they hold up pretty well. Sometimes they're classics. They, they, they do classics as well. Okay. Appreciate that. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Larry. You're I'll welcome. be back. See you later. Bye. I got to okay. go. <laughs> I enjoyed the Weird Circle show. That yeah, that's good. a good show. Hi, Joni. Joni is here. Hi, Joni. But she is still muted. Should I press? Because uh, I think I I unmuted everybody. I thought I did. Let's see if we can get her yeah, to unmute. Did. Ron's Ron is muted. Almost everybody is. Okay, I'll try. How about I try again here? I'll press alt M again. Well, I if you do that, the people, some of the people who have been asked to unmute, are will oh. be muted. They'll be double muted. Oh dear! Not double double muted. Yeah, you can do that, which is weird. Then they can't unmute. Yeah, everybody's uh, muted except us. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if a malfunction happened where they can't unmute or something. No, they can. Zoom looks up. Okay. Yeah, they they can. And anybody on the phone, you press star six. Yep. Hi guys. There hey, she Joni. is. Hey Joni. <clears throat> well, what happened was that I was. There we go. I came in late. And because I sort of forgot about the Bertelson room, mm -hmm. I have so much going on here. And um, so I, I think I fell asleep for a few minutes, and then I couldn't 